Hello everyone, welcome to the Steve Hilton Show. Well, they are getting busy in Sacramento. It's that time of year. Lots of bills being passed and budgets and all the rest of it. Guess what? Here's a hint. None of it's good. Because we have the Democrat supermajority, we have Democrat governor, we have this one-party monopoly. And as we all know, because we live it every day, um, the direction of travel uh, is in a negative direction, let's put it that way. Um, here to help us break down what's going on and, and bring us up to speed on all the latest developments. And there's a lot of them. Um, so, you know, buckle up for this one. And buckle up is in, in exactly the right metaphor for the first item, which is the introduction of speed cameras. This is something I know a lot about. It's a big, big thing in the UK. Um, so we're going to hear about them uh, and what's happening with speed cameras in the state of California. The death tax. What about that? Did you know we had a death tax proposal? And that's all uh, unraveling, we hope, because of a new ballot initiative that uh, we're going to be seeing, we hope, on the ballot this year. There's the update on the budget that we need to get to what, they, what they've been up to in Sacramento and the possibility of new taxes. How surprising that there may be new taxes on the way. There we go. Um, with us to, to uh, under, help us understand all of that is Susan Shelley. Um, Susan, it's just there's just such a lot um, going on. You do keep an eye on it in a brilliant way. Um, I think that's a really important function um, of what you do, what we try and do on the show, because the, the overwhelming sense I get, the more I pay attention to California politics and policymaking, it's just there's so much. It's just overwhelming. You know, there's just so many bills and so many proposals and there's just zero scrutiny of most of it. Um, so thank, thanks to you for you know, keeping an eye on it. Let's start with um, the first one I mentioned there, speed cameras. What's this about? Well, speed cameras are currently illegal in California, everywhere in the state. Red light cameras are legal. That's what people are more familiar with. But these are speed mm -hmm. cameras. These use radar or something similar to capture the speed of a vehicle, take a picture of the license plate, transmit the data, and then you get a ticket in the mail. That's illegal in California. But Assembly Bill 645 would legalize it in a pilot program. And they, because of all the problems I'm sure you're well aware of, privacy and um, targeting certain neighborhoods, possibly uh, economically uh, economically disadvantaged neighborhoods where people don't have lawyers to fight back. And it's just a way of raising a lot of money, uh, yes. especially especially when budgets are tight or um, politicians have miscalculated and they need to raise money in a hurry. This has happened before where it's been proposed that they, they change the, the threshold of where they set the ticket based on how the budget is going. So there are a lot of uh, protections and workarounds that they've tried to write into this bill. But the more you read it, the more it looks like a lot of things can go wrong with it, especially but, what they're going to spend the money on. It could go wrong. What do we, but we have red light cameras right now. Do right. we also, that's because I think I've got one of those or, or some, I, um, that's the same technology, but only used for going through red. Is that right? What do we have kind of right now in terms of traffic enforcement? Well, some some intersections, especially near railroad crossings, have red light cameras where if you go into the intersection after the light is red, a, a light flashes at you and a camera takes a picture yes. and you get the ticket in the mail. Uh, some cities have discontinued that. There was some litigation about it. But, mm -hmm. um, but speed cameras are always illegal in California. And this would legalize speed cameras. According, Very interesting. According to the bill, they would not spit out a ticket for anything below 11 miles an hour over the limit. 
But of course, okay. that could be changed. And one of the things that concerns me is that it requires that the money is spent on what they call traffic calming measures. Well, these are road right. road. That's diets. right. You wrote about this in a column. Yes. It was brilliant. One of the yeah. things that's going on right now with emergency vehicles is that there's too much traffic time for in in Lo- in Los Angeles in particular. Too much traffic time for vehicles to to hit the target number for getting to an emergency location on time. Mm-hmm. They, they try to get there in four minutes. It's taking seven minutes. And one of the reasons is traffic is bad. Well, traffic calming measures, as they're called, make the roads into a miniature golf course of obstacles. You've got roundabouts, and you've got narrowing, you've got bike lanes, you've got things that are median islands, curb extensions, all kinds of different construction tricks designed to slow traffic down. If you do that on enough streets, you create real hazards real hazards for emergency vehicles, and you also create impassable streets for commuters. And cars are used in California for commuting. And this is, if you if you want to stop cars from commuting by making the streets impassable, I think you've got a fight on your hands. And and this is, this is a fight that, that has happened in Los Angeles. In 2017, there was a road diet tried on the west side of LA, and it had to be all reversed because people were just incensed. Businesses were incensed. People couldn't get to their businesses. They took away parking lanes and put in bike lanes, and it just became impassable. And that is what this bill would do. It would do it in a pilot program, but one of the cities in the pilot is Los Angeles. And that's a lot. That's 4 million people that's, in well, Los the Angeles. The whole of Los Angeles. The whole of Los Angeles. Amazing. City of, yes. What, what, are, just think, where, what are the other cities? Can you remember? Uh, Glendale and Long Beach in Southern California. I believe Oakland was on the list. I don't okay. recall off the top of my head, but I think Oakland was on the list. And so, By the way, you, there's a brilliant phrase. You, I was going to ask you about it, and you brought it up. Road diet. Road I diet. love that. Mm-hmm. Just to, to, that's what, what that's called Nar- mean, what, narrowing the roads. They take away lanes. <laughs> right. They literally take away lanes and they make the roads thinner. And y- people can't get to work. Deliveries can't be made. There's no place to pull over and double park for a delivery yes. vehicle. So everything this is, is stopped. It's just it's it's designed based on this. There are people who believe that the roads should be for pedestrians and not cars, or the roads should be for bicycles and not cars, or that cars are somehow an immoral mode of transportation and not a mode of transportation that allows people more choices and more freedom and more options for working and picking up their kids and all the rest of it. I know. It's absolutely, it's, again, it's a bit like, well, it's, it's like everything. It is ideology over practicality. Right. That's, that's what this is. Um, because... You know, I've got a lot of experience of this because in Europe and in the UK, it's a very different. And so the ideology here is driven by that kind of concept of exactly as you said, let's keep it anti-car out of the car onto public transport, transit or um, bikes or walking. You know, that's what they want. Right now in a medieval cities plan, like, you know, a city like London or, you know, it's that's, and it's very, everything's very close and you can do it and with very, very good and reliable public transit. So, for example, in London, you have the London Underground. If people have been there, they know it's called the Tube. It's absolutely brilliant. It's been there like over 100 years. It's been built and extended and improved. Right now, it's operating very, very well. It's clean. It's reliable. It's, you know, people complain about it, but it's basically affordable um, for, for everyone. And there are discounts for the elder, you know, like it's it's it, they do it in a, in a thoughtful way so that everyone has access to it. And 
this is the crucial point that I think no one here understands. It seems to me the public transit people don't get it. They, they, and you see it with the, they're going on about this new light rail in uh, Los Angeles connecting, you know, going from Long Beach up to near Pasadena somewhere. I don't know exactly where. Um, and in, in the Bay Area where I am, they talk about BART. Bay Area Rapid Transportation. There's nothing rapid about it. It's incredibly slow, just like these light rail things. I've I've used them. I really have because I'm I'm interested in this. And the crucial difference is that in Europe, um, that it's 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 very speedy and fast. You don't have to think about when the trains go. You just go to the station within two or three minutes. You know that a, tr a train will be there. So it really works. So if you need to get to work or get to an appointment or take your kids to some event or whatever it may be, you don't even think about it because you know it's there. You just go to the nearest station, go down, and it's and it's all there. Here, it's totally different. You, you, there's hardly any trains. It's it, it takes ages, you know, like the same journey. Um, and takes, I don't know, three times as long if you go on, on transit compared to driving. It's just not practical. The cities are, mu are, are totally different. Mm -hmm. they, they, they pays no attention to our sort of history here in California, you know, the spread out city in the Los Angeles basin. It doesn't make sense. You don't, you, it just, you're just cycling. You know, I mean, I tried it here, by the way, because I was used to cycling when, when I, um, in, in London, that's how you get around. And as I mentioned, the old street plan, it's kind of fun, actually. You wiggle in and out, you know, and it's, it's fine. Um, and it's safe and, and lots of people do it. It's normal. But, and so I tried to con convert that here and I started sort of cycling around and that's the Bay Area. And people look at you like you're mad because it is mad because you've got these big streets and it's, and the traffic, it's just totally different. It doesn't work. And so it's this trying to impose an ideological blueprint on on a world that, where it just doesn't fit. That's very true. You know, we still have carpool lanes in California. No one uses carpools. This is a failed idea from the 1970s, but we still have the carpool lanes. So now they, they give stickers to electric cars to use the carpool lanes, and they still try to push people into it, but it's not practical. It's never been adopted by the people of California, but we still have these diamond lanes on the on the freeway lanes and what we've done is we've reduced the capacity of the freeway in order to try to favor getting out of the cars and when you talk to these people from the transit agencies this is the phrase they use we have to get people out of their cars we don't and we're not going to and i wish they'd stop spending our money yes, trying also, by the way why do they want okay now this is the other sort of total incoherence about it why do they want to get people out of the cars i thought that it was that to, all to do with climate if the cars are all electric which is what they want then who cares like why, why well, see, their own story doesn't make sense this is you've put your finger right on it this goes back to the 1970s oil embargo we had to get people out of their cars because we didn't have enough oil we were running out of oil you can go back and see these dire news reports that we're going to be out of petroleum out of natural gas then they discover oh no we're not this is completely wrong. There's lots of it. Well, then it had to be something else. So then it was pollution. Well, then they cleaned up the cars with these very expensive catalytic converters and the rest that cleaned up the air. The air is much, much better. That's a very mm -hmm. serious, it was a serious problem. It's a great solution. Congratulations to everybody. It was very expensive, but we did it. And now it's climate. So it's got to be something all the time to get people out of their cars. It's nonsense. That's right. You see, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm, it's another example of something that a phenomenon I, I'm realizing ha has happened to, to me quite a lot when, you know, as a transplant, right, you come here and you hear these arguments and you think that sounds a bit over the top. Um, and so, and, and the extreme. And I felt that when people would talk about, you know, make analogies with communism uh, here, 
you know, I know communism. My parents were, you know, my family's from Hungary, you know, and, and et cetera. I've said all this before. But then when you see now how people are treated, particularly with, you know, not being able to say what they think, losing their job over something they may say. We had the incredible story of the Princeton. Um, she was head of, a, you know, a, a student at Princeton who was head of a sports team and was kicked out of the team by the authorities because of a private conversation she'd had with someone about policing, you know, amazing things. That is the kind of thing you get in a totalitarian regime, in a communist regime, in like in East Germany or whatever. And and the same here with the cars. For lot for the longest time, I've heard people say they just hate. They, they, it's a power thing. They want you out of your car because cars represent independence, and they hate that. They want you to be dependent, not independent. Mm -hmm. And I sort of heard that, and I thought that feels. Surely not. That just feels over the top. But no, I mean, how else to explain it now? Because none of it makes sense, particularly in a world of electric vehicles, exactly. which is their world that they are trying to sort of will into being. You think, well, if they're like, isn't that great then? You've solved the problem. Why are you still trying to get us out of cars, even if they're electric? That's a very good question. Jerry Brown tried to defend the bullet train by saying, well, California's population is growing so fast that we won't have enough airports and we won't have enough roads. And so we have to have a bullet train. Well, wrong, wrong and wrong. The population yes. is now not growing. It's shrinking and people are fleeing the state. Yes. And we're still spending tens of billions of dollars on this ridiculous project, which was supposed to go from San Francisco to Los Angeles and is actually going from Madera to Bakersfield. <laughs> It's <laughs> so bad. So, I know. Yeah. And then the other thing that's laughable, <laughs> they're still doing this. Is I, I actually put it out on Twitter just this morning. I just saw it. Um, I saw a story. It was actually funny. I mean, everyone's sick of it now. This was a K, a, 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 an NPR, a KQED uh, journalist who, who who put out a retweeted a video that the high speed rail authority, whatever they're called, in California, had just released a video showing. Um, high-speed trains arriving in, at Union Station in Los Angeles. <laughs> and even he, right, he's an NPR, and he, and he, he said, um, here's the video. That like, when do you think this will happen? Before 2050? After 2060? <laughs> you know, that, that they've lost, when you've lost NPR, you know, like, that's not good. And so I, my reaction to it was like, doesn't that actually capture sort of the, the total failure of California's governance, like in one thing. Brilliant at creating artificially generated videos of trains, yes. but you can't actually build it. Right. Well, it, it's, it's a failure in terms of transportation, but the, that's, that's the key to understanding all of it. It's not about transportation. It's about construction jobs for people who support the current administration in California, in every city and statewide. It's about construction jobs and it's about real estate development because they have passed a bunch of laws that allow more density and different kinds of CEQA waivers, the California Environmental Quality Act, CEQA, and they, they allow waivers if you're within half a mile of transit as defined. And it's defined as a pencil line on the map where they're going to build something one day. So when they draw these things out, it's all about the real estate. Oh, interesting. And it's really not about it's really not about transportation. If it was about transportation, you'd be able to get to the airport on public transportation in Southern California, and you still can't. They're still building stuff and promising for decades now that they're going to build us transit that gets us to the airport. You'd be able to get to major, major venues like UCLA and Dodger Stadium, but they're building and building and building, and it's going to places that people don't go, and therefore it's useless. If you go to Google Maps 
and you try to go from here to there, pick any two locations and click the car logo to see how long it takes you in the traffic and click the bus logo to see how long it takes you on public transit, it's comical. Exactly. It is comical. Exactly right. And until they close that gap and make the advantage for transit, it's people won't want it because it's just in it's it's a classic mistake that policy you know, they they, they don't take account of what human beings actually want and how they behave that it's just all ideological um and just for the fight before we move on to the other topics um on the on just going back to where the specific where we started with speed cameras these are incredibly unpopular like they are really really unpopular in, in the uk i mean they're all over the place in the uk and they are universally despised and considered to be exactly what you said a basically another tax mm-hmm. And, and they're ugly and they're all over the place and, 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 and people hate them. They really hate them. Well, I worry about the surveillance aspect of it because they can put it up right now and say, oh, it's public safety. And they have something in the bill that says, we'll only take a picture of the cars from the rear so you can't see the face of the driver yeah, and no that. facial recognition technology. But you know what? That's one legislation, one piece of legislation away yeah, from that's right. Once you've the set up the thing. infrastructure, once right. you've put them everywhere, right. and then soon you're in the China-style social credit system where exactly. you know they'll sort of put your face on a billboard if you went through the red light or whatever right. um okay death tax so i wasn't aware of anything around this issue uh, so bring us up to date on what has happened mm-hmm. around death tax and what is uh lies in the future okay well the backstory is that proposition 13 in 1978, mm-hmm. prevented property taxes from going up more than 2% a year. Your assessed value could only go up 2% a year maximum, no matter what the market did. Instead of being taxed on the market value of your home, you were taxed on what was called your base year, trended base year value based on when you bought it. So you had protection. Well, people started inheriting property uh, and after 1978. And because inflation was pushing the prices up, they were having to sell the property because they couldn't afford the taxes when there was the a change level, of ownership. It, the change of... Right. It counted as a change of ownership. reassessed at that exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. So by 1986, the political pressure statewide was so great to do something about this that the legislature passed unanimously an exclusion for parent-child transfers so that parents could give their property right. to their kids and it was not reassessed to market value so it's when still it was at the inherited. original date so if still you, at if the it, original trended base year value the it didn't count as a change of ownership the taxes stay the same the legislature passed that unanimously and it went on the ballot for voter approval nearly 76 percent of voters why did it need that. voter approval actually because it was a constitutional amendment Got it. Because okay, it changed great. a little bit of Prop 13. It changed it. So it gets 70, it gets a unanimous vote in the legislature. It gets 76% approval by the voters, goes into effect as of 1986. And you had this parent-child exclusion from reassessment. People mm-hmm. count on that for like 35 years. And now it's gone. It's gone. In Prop 19 in 2020, there was some fine print that took it out, just completely repealed it. So now there is no parent-child transfer exclusion with a narrow exception for if you inherit your parents' primary residence and you move into it within one year and make it your primary residence and stay there forever, because if you leave, it's going to be reassessed, you stay there forever, you get a little bit of a tax break, you get some of your gains sheltered, but you could still get a tax increase. So this is crushing people. And on income property, a small business, an apartment building, a duplex, uh, even a vacation cabin, those are all reassessed to market value when transferred. 
So people are having to sell the property because... So how come this happened in, in 2020 when we didn't really... I mean, it's first, I, I think it's the first I've heard of it. Well, it, this was Proposition 19 in 2020, and it looked like it was about protecting wildfire victims and seniors who were moving to a new home. That's what was in all the advertising. And it did, it was, it's fine. Nobody's changing that. But there was this other part, this tax increase inherited property. And we call it a death tax because people get the letter from the assessor in the mail with the sympathy cards, literally, in the mail with the sympathy cards at and, the same time. And what, who pushed that proposition? Where did that come from? That came from the California Association of Realtors and from the state legislature. They wanted to get rid of the parent-child transfer. They knew the voters would never do it. So they hid it inside this other thing so that looked like a let's just say the realtors wanted it because they get more High yeah. transaction fees. They get more fees. If people are forced to sell their property because they can't pay the taxes. That's sick, isn't it? And then it's and then the legislature nasty. wanted it because it's more money. It's more money. For the coffers. Exactly. Okay. So this was slipped by the voters. It's an in the words and, and, of Los Angeles County Tax Assessor Jeffrey Prang, this was a dumpster fire in every respect. It's why, crushing why small it... businesses and it's a, it's an administrative headache for the assessors. It's just a nightmare for the families because they've made all these arrangements. Trusts and different things are just wrecked by this change in the law. And it was implemented so quickly. It passed narrowly in November of 2020. It kicked in f the middle of February of 2021. So they didn't finish counting the votes till the middle of December. And then it's Christmas, and then it's New Year's, and it's the middle of the pandemic, and it takes effect, I think, February 15th or 16th of 2021. Really? So we're going to get rid of this. Here's what we're doing at the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. We are doing a ballot initiative to restore the old rules, to put back the parent-child transfer, mm -hmm. and a related measure that applies to grandparents and grandchildren if the children's parents are deceased. So those two things would go back in the Constitution. And everybody who was reassessed for a parent-child transfer in the interim would be able to get their old base year value back as if this didn't happen. That's and would what they get tax do. refunds? No, they can't do tax can't do refunds okay. because it was legal at the time that it was in effect. Fair but point. they okay. would get their old Prop 13 tax so, base okay, back. So it stops um, from, from that moment on, they're back to the paying tax at the exactly, rate that they should on have the lower been. thing, right. Yeah. So this was filed last week with the Attorney General. It takes about two months to get a title and summary. They'll probably name it something really awful, but we can tell you that it's not awful. It's really good, and it will restore the parent-child transfer. It will repeal this death tax on property that was slipped past the voters. The largest property tax increase in the history of California, and they just slipped it in when Amazing. no one was looking. By the way, can I just ask about that? Also, it's very interesting because this is the second time we've spoken about the 2020 ballot measures. Clearly, that was, you know... We, we talked about the, the crime one that didn't pass, which, right. you know, should have done. And um, because so many people are concerned about the, the the consequences of the things that that was addressing, you know, Prop 47, 57, AB 109 and so on. And um, and here we have another one, which I mean, it, I, I guess 2020 you had the it was the, as you said, it was the pandemic election. You said when we talked about the crime stuff, it was the pandemic election, mm -hmm. Trump. Biden, whatever. And so these bad things happened <laughs> that year in terms yes. of propositions. So why didn't it, one thing I've heard about, um, because, you know, we are actively involved, I'll, I'll have news on this, you know, in, in a month or so, probably is at Golden Together, this new organization, I've set up this policy organization, we're working on a ballot initiative ourselves. Um, and we'll have news on that, you know, in, in a few weeks. But so I'm very much, you know, in the 
you know, trying to understand the process, well, not trying to, understanding the process and so on. And one thing that has come up is this uh, single subject rule, Mm -hmm. which is that you can't have a ballot initiative that sort of hits multiple things. This sounds like it really would have contravened that. How was it even allowed to be on the ballot? Well, that's a question for the courts, because the way that they have interpreted the single subject rule I believe the, the the test that they use is whether there's a nexus between the different elements of it. So with Prop 19, it all had something to do with property taxes, right. and one was a one was a cut and one was an increase. And I guess it well, I don't think it was challenged in court, but if it had been, it probably would have come out that it was enough okay. of a nexus. I think that's and was the, the, the was, Just to leave before we move on, um, and I want to get your, you, you make sure you, you, you tell us how we can get involved in the death tax campaign, but um, when, what was the, was the whole thing, that Prop 19, was it, was, was all that other stuff about wildfire protection, whatever, really a you know, cover for what they really wanted, was, which was this death tax thing, or was it more opportunistic? Well, the realtors, the California Association of Realtors, two years earlier, had tried to get an expansion of what they called portability, which meant that someone over 55 uh, or disabled or a wildfire victim would be able to move to a new home and take their old tax base with them. The old rules were one time and to a home of the same or lesser value in your same county or in a county that chose to accept the transfers. And the California Association of Realtors didn't like that. It wasn't enough. They wanted people to do it an unlimited number of times, but the voters said no to that. So they came back and they worked with the legislature and they crafted this thing where they there was just a deal made, frankly, right. in Sacramento. The firefighters, the realtors, the legislatures to hide this tax increase inside this stuff that was more popular. Amazing. That's how they did it. And they spent something like $53, 55 $57 dollars in advertising, and the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association opposed Prop 19, but we were very busy opposing Prop 15, which was the split roll attack on Prop 13. That would have caused the reassessment of all commercial property to market value every year in California, and that would have been devastating to the state economy, and it would have broken Prop 13 right in half, and then they would have come after the homeowners next. So the focus of the organization was on fighting that mm-hmm. and the resources are only as much as the resources are. So you, you can only do what you can do. We did try. We almost beat it. We almost beat it with $45,000 worth of yard signs and a lot of interviews. We almost beat prop 19. Not quite. All right. Interesting. And then, um, how can people get involved? I think there's a website. Is that right? Yes, there is. You can go to repeal and you can sign up to be a volunteer, and we will get you the petition. This will be done a little differently this time. We have a one-page petition that you will be able to download and print at home, and that will be a legal petition. And then you sign it, you fill out the little form at the bottom, and you send it back. And that will be a much faster way, we think, to collect signatures than the traditional way of standing with clipboards outside a supermarket, which is more and more difficult given that people are getting more stuff delivered at home and it's it's harder to find people who are out and about interesting all right um give us a quick update on the budget um 
the shenanigans budget. in, yes. in well, Sacramento. The budget process in California, such as it is, is the governor proposes a budget. He's required by the Constitution to propose a budget in January, and he does. And then in May, they propose a revised budget based on their revenue estimates, and he did. And then in June, on June 15th, the Constitution requires the legislature to pass a budget, and they did, but it doesn't have to be the real budget. It's not the final budget. I don't know why. It's just another court decision, I'm sure. So they passed their placeholder budget, and they're, they're several billion dollars apart. The legislature's mm -hmm. budget is $311 billion. The governor's at $306 billion. We probably don't have that much coming in. So there will be, after they do their final budget, which is negotiated in secret and passed at lightning speed when you can't read it, they'll do that. And then they'll start with the trailer bills, and they'll just keep patching for the rest of time. There's no time limit at all. They can continuously change the budget over and over forever. No deadline. It's quite something to witness. It really is. And but so if you they... want to see the trailer bills, you can go to my Twitter feed at Susan underscore Shelley, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, Susan underscore Shelley. Pinned to the top is a link where you can read the secret trailer bill language that's going to be put into legislation at lightning speed. Okay. Um, and they, they, so they, 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 they haven't agreed. And the other wrinkle you've got a difference between what the legislature wants to spend and what the governor wants to spend and on top of that there's a potential wrinkle with the revenue mm -hmm. um because of the extension in the deadline for taxes exactly. which was this year like we had it previously because of the pandemic this year because of the rain right um you mentioned so tell us about that aspect the revenue aspect well i've never seen this before i don't think they've ever done it before but virtually every county in California, got an extension to October for filing and paying taxes for the previous year. So they don't know how much money they have because people have not had to send in their estimated taxes. They haven't had to send in the tax money that they owed for 2022. They don't have to send it in until October of 2023. So everybody's guessing where normally they would know by, by June they would have a better idea. Now they don't. So they're guessing and we'll have to see what comes in and then Budget tricks will ensue as they move things around and they postpone spending and they borrow from here to there. They might have to tap the rainy day fund to continue the spending. The legislative analyst's office has advised them not to tap the rainy day fund because we might have an authentic recession ahead. And that's yes. really what it's for. Uh, but it's very tempting, isn't it, for them to continue the spending? So what is the rule? Because I had I'd read somewhere or had that the, the states, unlike the federal government, can't they have to have a balanced budget. Well, California does have to have a balanced budget, and they have to pass it by June 15th. <laughs> so that's so there you go. only the net, on, on paper, as it were. So exactly. the fact that there's a they can run a deficit. That there's no there's, they don't have to sort of immediately take emergency action or something. That's it's not illegal, as it were, to have a deficit. I don't think I don't think there's anybody who enforces it. This is you know these right. are the people who make the laws, so they just they just <laughs> make it legal, and there you go. There we works. are. Well, we just don't know. Well, well, we'll keep an eye on it. But I mean, basically, it feels like they, they, they find a way to do whatever they want. I mean, that's Exactly. The, and that's and the, the voters have tried again and again to try and put some put some restraints, some transparency, some they get around everything. And and it's more and more frustrating. We talked about the bullet train earlier. That was not supposed to be built with a tax increase or run with a public subsidy. And it's being run with cap and trade funds, which are a, it's a hidden tax on energy. And so it, they're building it with that. It's sort of a tax increase. 
Yeah. And and then as far as not running with a public subsidy, does anyone really think that they're going to be able to run a profitable line between Madeira and Bakersfield? No, I mean, it's I ridiculous. So. The whole thing's yeah. ridiculous. But the thing that's so frustrating is that, when, and just to wrap it up here, is that they, they're, they're, they're incredibly... They have a sort of almost limitless capacity, it seems to me, for sort of doing things, for busying around and making everyone's life more and you know complicated and passing things and spending, taking more of our money, spending it on their schemes, you know, more regulations. There's these endless bills that come out, but they seem completely incapable of actually, you know, doing the basics, getting the basics right. You know, building enough housing so that the cost cost of a house is affordable, so people can actually get on the housing ladder, um, keeping the streets safe you know, keeping the public, you know, that our public spaces are sort of d descending into squalor in, in our big cities. You know, these basic things they can't do. And, so but right. they're very busy the whole time doing other stuff. You're so right. The basic things that, that government, that state government well, schools, and we doing. haven't talked about schools. They, I mean, right. we, I mean, haven't, that's a total fiasco. We've, I mean, every piece of data shows what a disaster that is. 50th out of 50 on literacy, etc. I mean, we could go on for a whole show about that. These basic things that you expect the government to do, they can't do, but they just spend their days generating crap. <laughs> that sort of overwhelms everybody. Social engineering and, and right. posing and virtue signaling that we're very we're very good at that and fighting with other yeah. governors that's going very well and all exactly. the rest of it it's it's just it's very frustrating that the streets aren't paved, the schools aren't good. It, it's very frustrating to everybody. Yes, we have the highest tax rate. I mean, there's a dispute as to whether it's the highest taxes if you add in the bur I mean, but we're right at the top with New York, mm -hmm. you know. So, but we certainly have the highest rate. Um, and, you know, absolutely up there in terms of the highest. I think there's, we're always like second or third, if we're not first, from year to year with the highest taxes. And yet all these things, you know, yes. just... Yes, uh, you we know, have the highest sales tax. We have the highest state sales tax in the country, and that's so regressive. And with inflation, yes, that's a nice exactly little boost right. for all the local governments as prices go up, but yeah. it's terrible for the consumers. Yeah, amazing. Um and then all these other things that aren't even, you know, I don't know if you use that term here, but in the in the UK, they became very popular. This phrase became very popular, stealth taxes. So you're about yes. wealth tax. You have stealth tax. That's what the speed camera is. There's tons of these stealth taxes where they get you a different way. Yes. And when the motive is to raise money and they sell it to you as safety or they sell it to yeah. you as something else, it, it it's just corrupt and it's frustrating. It's these things can still be stopped. Call your lawmakers. Tell them to stop the speed yes. cameras. That's AB 645. Call them up. Find your rep .gov. Look them up. Tell them no on AB 645 and no on stealth taxes. And also one thing that just just we should note, um, Susan, is what an incredibly important role Howard Jarvis plays in, in the state of California, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, isn't it? Um, it's a wonderful organization. It's incredibly important. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the more we learn, you know, and we talk about it, and obviously you, you're part of the organization. Yes, um, I Proudly so. How, exactly. How can people find out more? And, and do you take members? I mean, how does it work? It is a membership-supported organization. I think a lot of people don't know that. But for just $15 a year, you're a member, and you get the mail, you get Taxing Times, which is the newspaper that I edit with a lot of taxpayer information that you won't find anywhere else. And it's at hjta.org. Yeah. Click the button that says, see your shocking tax bill if we ever lost Prop 13. Don't Oh, that's do great. I did driving. that. I sent the, <laughs> no, I sent that around. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah, because people don't realize, they think, well, I bought my house only three or four years ago. It's not helping me. Oh, yes, it is. You should see what your taxes would be without Prop 13. I've just realized so I'm not So at hjta.org, you can get all of that. I, I will join, hjta.org. 
Well, thank you. Welcome. Yeah, no, I got to do it. I, I feel embarrassed that I haven't yet. Um, we've known each other all this time. Anyway, thank you, Susan, for that. Thank you for explaining all the madness. Uh, we'll see you soon um, for a, you, um, for another, you know, look at all the crazy things they're doing. Thank you all for being with us for this episode. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and all of the rest of it. Um, we'll see you back here soon for the next episode of The Steve Hilton Show.